Let's face it, we frontliners see the absolute worst of humanity more than we may like, definitely a lot more than the general population. And while I can certainly appreciate heading to the local, off-shift-friendly drinking establishment after a particularly difficult night, I'd much rather cope with finding whatever humor I can in a bad situation. Trust me, it's better than having to call my adult daughter to pick me up from a bar at 9 o'clock in the morning because I can't, uh, find my keys. My name is Jennifer Cosgrove, and I've been a night shift nurse for close to two decades. I created Overnight Observations to not just celebrate and share the often extremely dark sense of humor many of us possess, but to really dig in and chat about how allowing ourselves to find levity in serious situations not only helps us cope in the moment, it's also been scientifically proven to be beneficial to our overall mental health and physical well-being. So grab a cup of lukewarm coffee and a cold slice of pizza, sit back and relax, but not too much, you'll get us all in trouble, and just observe. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Overnight Observations, Diary of a Night Shift Nurse. Glad to have you here. And if you've taken a listen to the previous episode, you know that my goal is to recognize the day-to-day stressors that medical staff, first responders, and military personnel deal with on a regular basis, and how the use of humor helps dispel some of the mental and physical side effects, if you will, and allows us to get on with the task at hand, taking care of people to the best of our ability. Now, I threw out a few examples of somewhat dry sciencey information the last time, and while I hope you learned something interesting to chat about at the dinner table, or at least didn't find yourself nodding off, I realized there wasn't all that much to laugh at. I mean, humor scales, suicide rates, Sigmund Freud, holy crap, that's not, that's, that's not where I, I, I want to go with this. I figured that in this episode I'll let you in on a few things that I found have given me a chuckle or two over the years, and maybe a little bit of background as to why I am the way I am. So I am going to start by mentioning um, hilarity in the darkest form of hilarity. I will start out by mentioning, though, that if you live in the United States, the first week in May is considered National Nurses Week. And go figure, 2020 was named the Year of the Nurse. Well, we certainly proved that it was, didn't we? Uh, Talk about hilarious. There are different ways that hospital corporations show their appreciation to those of us on the front lines that work nights, weekends, holidays take care of family members, you know, do all the stuff, clean all the stuff that they don't have to. And they show, their, they show us their appreciation in really wonderful ways. And I, I hope you can kind of figure the sarcasm in my voice. And if you're in my line of work, you know exactly where I'm going with this. Uh, what did you get this year? We got a water bottle. I've gotten coffee mugs, beanie hats for the winter, a reusable bag, um, pens, Pens are good. I got one on a rope one year. Was it a subliminal message to hang myself? I don't know. Uh, Let's see. What else? What else? What else? Well, one year I did get an awesome gift, and I still have it, and I absolutely love it. It was a reheatable rice sock. Yes, a reheatable rice sock. It is the best thing in the world. You heat it up in the microwave for two minutes, put it on your neck, your back, your knee, whatever the hell is bothering you, and it, it soothes it. I love it. That's like the best thing that I've ever received from a hospital. And that was years ago. And there were people that really ranted and raved and complained and just felt insulted. But hey, I, I, I like that one. I don't need another pen, thank you very much. And I was recently on Facebook, and someone posted that their hospital corp that they worked for gave them rocks. 
yes, ladies and gentlemen, rocks to paint encouraging words on and share with their colleagues. Holy crap, really? Really? I mean, were these rocks thrown through windows or, you know, shoved up people's, well, no, actually we wouldn't do that because then we'd have to take them out and that would be more work for us. So no, through a window would probably be better. But I have not done this, so please don't go calling the authorities on me because it, it didn't happen. I swear to God it didn't happen. But I mean, come on. Really? I, I mean, a sincere thank you, maybe a little more than 50 cents an hour, once a year, if that. PPE, when we need it, we don't have to reuse it. You know, it's not a political thing, guys. It's it's common courtesy. And, you know, we're expected to do so much for so little. Come on. You know, the, the, the real appreciation that we get is from our patients and from our patients' families. I work in neonatal medicine. And I've, you know, on days that have gone to shit and it's been really lousy, to get a card in the mail from a family with a picture of a baby that you took care of that's doing well and is happy and everyone's appreciative and they say, we'll never forget you. You, you did so much for us. You helped us in so many different ways. That, that makes it easier to go on for another day and to go back for another shift because you know where it counts, you are appreciated. But hey, a nice bonus at the end of the year wouldn't be so bad. Just saying. Anyway, thank you so much for letting me rant a little bit. I kind of had to get that off my chest. And uh, let's carry on. All right. So how the hell did I get the way I am? A little bit of background. I grew up as the adopted only child of older parents who were generationally different than that of my friends. Uh, Both my parents were born in the 1920s. Dad fought in World War II. And mom was a housewife and mom. And she and my dad were pretty much polar opposites. I don't think they were very happy looking back on it now, but they they made it work and never a dull moment, I'll tell you, growing up, but uh, it's material for a different type of podcast, I think, or a cable channel dramedy to be shown after hours. But I think what's most relevant here is the atmosphere of my youth. Mom loved old movies. The more melodramatic, the better. She loved Backstreet, Imitation of Life, From Here to Eternity. I want to live. The more melodramatic, the better. And there was nothing finer, really, than sitting on the couch on a Sunday afternoon with a box of Kleenex between us, wishing these movies would end differently, that she'd catch the plane and they'd live happily ever after, or that she was nicer to her mother. Oh, God, I could go on, but I won't. Dad, on the other hand, was a real character. And I'm really sure it's because of him my own sense of humor is a bit cracked. He instilled in me a true appreciation of physical comedy. Uh, Three Stooges, Abbott and Costello, Laurel and Hardy, they, they were a staple in my house. My, my mother couldn't stand it, couldn't stand it, but Dad didn't care. He, he, it was his release. It was his relief. He loved it. And so I was, you know, finding the funny in situations that were definitely not all that amusing. Uh, but that came naturally to him and kind of comes naturally to me, too. You know, I, I always wondered after hearing over and over again about his memories of Army life during World War II. He was uh, first stationed in California. Then uh, after Pearl Harbor was bombed, he was transferred overseas to New Guinea in the Philippine Islands. He fell in a foxhole, dislocated his shoulder, 
came back home with an honorable discharge, talked a lot about the guy that got hit in the head with a coconut and ended up getting an, an honorable discharge as well. My grandson kind of chuckled about that, but hey, you get hit in the head with a coconut. It's going to hurt. And I, I would hope they would send you home. You probably don't have coconut trees at work. Anyway, he loved to tell his army stories to anybody that would listen. And I swear to God, he scared away a lot of boyfriends, especially. There was one guy came over, told him army stories, never saw him again. It was crazy. And, you know, when he asked, well, whatever happened to him? I said, well, you told him army stories, Dad. Thanks. I liked him. And then as I got older, comedy started to become somewhat more mainstream. Um, Steve Martin's King Tut was all over the radio. You could call up and request it. It was crazy. Uh, let's see. Robin Williams was there bringing his manic, kinetic type of comedy far beyond Morgan Mindy. And then as we got even older still, friends of mine and I discovered British comedy on the local public television station, usually after 11 o'clock at night because, you know, boobs. Monty Python's Flying Circus definitely made its mark on me. Brilliant, funny, political, physical, amazing stuff. Ministry of Silly Walks, terrific. Lumberjack Song, oh my gosh. Just all different kinds of really fun stuff that you, you find yourself quoting, and I still do to this day. And my parents really didn't get the whole British comedy thing. Uh, my dad did enjoy Benny Hill. He would say that it was because of the Benny's little sidekick there, the little old man, but I know it was the boobs. Eh, whatever. Whatever made him happy, right? So finding the funny and not taking things at face value was always kind of a challenge, and it was an enjoyable one, just to see, you know, what what can I make out of the situation that's not going to drive me insane? And that really came into play during nursing school. It, it took me about five years to get in because of a long waiting list, but in the meantime, I was able to get all my prereqs done, so all I needed were core nursing classes, which was a good thing because once those began, there was very, very, very little time for anything else. I went to a community college, and it was an associate's degree program, and as such, we were told we would be in the hospital taking care of people, I think, week three. So for the first couple of weeks, we really had to get down the basics of vital signs, how to take them, what the parameters were the appropriate way to use sterile equipment, what we were going to expect going into the hospital to get our information on our patient, and so on and so forth. So that being said, we had to schedule a time to be signed off on a lot of these things, uh, usually with the professors that ran the simulation lab. Well, you know, I'm not one to have anxiety dreams. I'm really not. I don't have bad dreams. I don't really have nightmares. I... And I really think it's because I can laugh a lot of stuff off. It doesn't come back to haunt me later on. But the pressure was on doing these labs. And the night before, I had to go in and do my sign-off for hand-washing and gowning and gloving. I had this dream that I was feverish—I'll I'll never forget it. I was feverishly washing my hands at the sink, and I kept glancing up to look at my instructors. And they were both standing there with their clipboards— shaking their heads no and i'm and with this really disappointed stern look on their face and i'm thinking what 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 am i doing wrong what what's wrong i'm washing my hands what's going on and i look down and i'm washing my hands with gloves on and i woke up in a cold sweat if you know you know i some people will definitely not understand this but again if you know you know and I was all freaked out. I'm thinking, oh, that's just great. I'm going to flunk this. I'm going to flunk this. Who flunks washing their hands? Anyway, I go to class and I go in for my appointment. And the first thing I said to 
a very nice instructor. There, there was a very not-so-nice instructor, too, but I got the nice one. I was happy. And I said, geez, Mary, I had this dream last night, and I told her all about it, and she burst out laughing, and she said, you're not the only one that's had that dream. <laughs> that didn't make me feel any better, and I told her that. And she said, oh, just go ahead. You know, if you don't take your gloves off, I'll, I'll let you know. I said, gee, thanks. So I did the whole thing and got the, got the gloves off, kind of, you know, dropped them in the barrel. And she said, very good, Jen. And, you know, it did, finished it all up and it was fine. But, oh, man, I'll tell you, just little things like that. You never knew what to expect. So do I still have anxiety doing things that I've been doing for over 20 years? You bet you're a bippy I do. I think it's just, it's just the nature of the beast, really. And I do kind of laugh at myself afterwards. But again, we want to do the right thing. We want to do everything to the best of our ability. And if we laugh at ourselves for being cracked airheads every so often, well, so be it. It's better than having a complete meltdown in front of people, which we do melt down, but certainly not in front of anybody else. That, that would be horrifying. It would be funny later on, looking back at it. But that's not, that's, that's not what we want to do here. Going into the hospital to get our patient assignment, it was kind of dull. I mean, we'd go in the night before our clinical and find out who our patient was and get their records and look through them, write down their diagnosis and subdiagnosis and meds. And it was long before computers. So we'd have to do all of it by hand and have our little med cards and all of that baloney. And I think for about six weeks, there was one of the, the kids in my class, one of the kids, one of the guys in my class, every, you know, he'd go in every week, we'd all be there together, we'd be getting our information, we'd go in the next day, and the instructor would say, oh, gee, sorry, Jimmy, your patient died last night. Every week, for the first six weeks, this poor guy's patient died. He didn't, it just, wow. He, he was seriously reconsidering his, his career choices at that point. But, you know, the week seven, lucky number seven, they pulled through, and he was able to take care of them. And he was very happy about that. And we all kind of celebrated that because we were starting to think that, you know, what are we, what's he doing in our class? I mean, why, why is he in our group? We don't want him in our group. Just kidding. He was a sweetheart. But the day-to-day, things happen, and you, you got to chuckle about it. You really got to chuckle about it. I mean, hey. Another time, we were all sitting around in the cafeteria. We were on our lunch, and some of us brought lunch. And I pulled out a bottle of green juice. It was an Nantucket Nectars. I forget the, what the actual name of it was. But it was a green juice before green juice became, you know, the thing. And sitting next to us was a table full of people from the office. I don't know how corporate they were, but, you know, in their, in their suits and in their skirts and the whole deal. Sitting down next to a group of nursing students was probably not the best thing for them to do because my buddy Lance says to me, hey, Jen, what are you drinking? And I said, oh, it's green juice. And he said, yeah, that looks like something you just suctioned out of your patient. And the table next to us got very, very quiet. So, of course, I had to reply, well, geez, Lance, you know, I am a big believer in recycling and took a great big swig of it. And, uh, gee, that, that table next to us emptied. Suddenly, I don't know if it was something I said, but it was, it was pretty funny. We all really got a good laugh out of that. So yeah, we do what we do because we enjoy it. We do what we do to give back. We do what we do because people like the table next to us aren't going to step up and do it unless they absolutely have to, and we, we charge in. So if we can find some sort of levity 
and comic relief in some of that stuff, why the hell not? If you have any funny stories to share or even want to let me know what you guys got for Appreciation Week this year, drop me a line. OvernightObservations at gmail.com. Have a great one, and I'll see you next time. Ciao. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Overnight Observations, Diary of a Night Shift Nurse. If you've laughed a little or a lot and learned something in the process, I've done my job. For more respectfully irreverent humor and the scientific proof that it's actually good for you, subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget that a little bit of levity goes a long way to leaving some of the darkness behind. The sun always rises. Greet it with a grin. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.